Dan Perkins Media presents a unique and exciting program. Truth Starts Now, a conversation with Dan Perkins. The left has taken away your rights to freedom of speech. Truth Starts Now is a platform for you to regain your voice. America and Americans will be better off if we can have civil and respectful conversations about the day's important issues. Now, here's your host, Dan Perkins. Welcome back to The Truth Starts Now. And we have a guest, Nina May, who does a lot of things. She makes movies and, and uh, she's very outspoken and uh, on issues. And we're going to talk to her about one particular issue that's really important to her, as it is to me. It's one of the reasons she's on the show. And that's reparations. What's interesting that's been happening over the last month or so is that we have Black people who are finding out that they have white blood in their lineage one of the ladies from the view found out on the pbs show about your your heritage she has a different background than what she thought going back several generations so it really is a situation that i did an interview maybe three or four weeks ago with a black civil rights activist we spent some time talking about reparations which we're going to talk about to you and he said i really believe that the person or persons who are responsible for the expansion of slavery should be the people that would be responsible for paying reparations if there are any. He said, the first place you got to do is go to Washington, D.C. and knock on the Democratic National Committee and ask them how they're going to pay for it. Because mm -hmm. the Democrats were the responsible party that built slavery. And at the same time, after the war, wanted to continue to keep black people in slavery. Uh, I think I think he, what he was saying was spot on. And give me your perspective on reparations. He's exactly right. If anyone's going to be paying for the reparations, it's going to be the people that caused us to even think that we need reparations. And that's the Democrat Party. A lot of people don't understand two things. One is that the Republican Party was founded as the abolitionist party to uh, to abolish slavery, to have equal rights, civil rights, voting rights. They had nine planks in their first platform. Six of them dealt with emancipation and civil rights and, and equal rights for the freed slaves. Then you go to the other side of the aisle and you've got the Democrats. The Democrats were the ones that were pushing slavery and, and forcing slavery, keeping it alive for years and years and years, even to the point where they left the union and started their own country that's a lot of people understand it. There, it was their own country. They had their own currency, their own president, their own flag, their own constitution, everything that was was designed to keep slavery alive for as long as possible. I have said many times that if the South had won that war, slavery could have continued another couple of decades because they were not going to give up their slaves. And they were, again, willing to destroy the country. Well, that same Democrat Party is alive and well. They're doing exactly the same thing today. They're trying to destroy this country by divisiveness and by uh, marginalizing different groups of people. And here's the thing, too. If you're a black in America and you identify with the party of, of Lincoln, that's the Republican Party, you are vilified, you're marginalized, you're, you're, um, you're relegated to some kind of uh, outpost of, of illegality or something. And the way they treat someone like Clarence Thomas and Condoleezza Rice and Larry Elder and Tim Scott and you name them. If they're conservative and they're black, they are fair game for the, the Democrats, exactly the way it was 150 years ago when they right. had, for example, the um, 
oh, what was the 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 rule, the law that if you found a, a black, you could assume that he was um, Friedman's law was that Friedman's anyway, you could assume that he was a slave just because of the color of his skin, and you were allowed to literally kidnap him, take him, and you know put him on your plantation to work, even though he had been. It could have been a W.E.B. Du Bois that lived in New York and had never been a slave his entire life. But if he was out somewhere where you had the bounty hunters, he could have been taken and literally captured. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing people with zero rights, especially as they're coming over the border. It, it, the Americans have zero rights when these people that are coming from other countries have more rights than them. They're getting the, the what is it, $1,000 a month now, the credit card, a phone, health care, college. They're even making it available for college. They can't even speak three words of English. So it's the same party that's done it and is continuing to do it and continuing to destroy this country. Yes, absolutely. We have a situation following what you were saying there. We have Lyndon Johnson, who ostensibly wanted to do something about Blacks from a political standpoint and got behind the Civil Rights Act of 1964, sort of. And he told fellow Democrats that if we could pass this Civil Rights Act, we could own the black black individuals forever. Yep. And exactly. so and so, but he couldn't get the de enough Democrats to pass the Civil Rights Bill. It took the Republicans to step up to the plate to get enough votes to pass the Civil Rights Act in 1964. The, the sad thing about that is that you've got all these these lawyers that are up on Capitol Hill at that time in Congress, not one of them thought to say, wait a second, that's the 14th Amendment. That's the Civil Rights Act. We don't need another act. It's already in the Constitution. And that's right. how distorted that whole thing began. It, the distortion began as soon as the war was over, when the, the uh, Democrats founded the KKK as the terrorist arm of their party because they wanted to in, in, um, intimidate these newly released slaves and say, you know what, you think you're free, but you're not. We're in charge. We're going to destroy your life if you even think about trying to vote. So all these people for all these years have said, oh, it was whites keeping blacks from voting. No, it wasn't. It was white Democrats keeping black Republicans from voting. Because at that time, every single black in this country, especially liberated slaves, they were all Republican because they loved Lincoln. He was a great emancipator. So for them to now then flip it on its head and say, oh, well, it was the white people keeping the blacks from voting. No, it was white Democrats keeping black Republicans from voting. And my challenge to blacks in, in the Democrat Party is what in the world are you doing in that party? And to white Democrats, how can you possibly look at yourself in the mirror when you belong to the party of slavery and oppression and KKK and Jim Crow? I don't understand it. And look at the Republican Party. What are they doing about it? Zero. Nothing. Because they don't even know their own history. They're clueless. And I'm telling you, I'm really hoping Ronna McDaniel, bye-bye. I'm really hoping they put someone in there that understands and knows who the Republican Party is and invites Blacks back into their party. It is their party. And someone needs to tell them that. And maybe Donald Trump is the one to do that. And I've told his handlers, I've said, you've got to get him in the inner city. You have to do rallies right downtown where they live because he can relate to them because he's being persecuted the way they're being persecuted. You know, they, they look at something wrong and they get thrown in jail or the old day that, you know, they look at a woman and, and they'd get lynched and stuff. So it's like, hey, I feel your pain. I know what it's like to have a, a an indictment thrown at me over and over and over again when we all know that I'm innocent. And I tell you what, I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of the blacks are going, 
he's he's my gangster man. He understands me. He knows exactly what I've been going through. And he's the guy that I'm voting for. And I think it's going to shock the Democrats when they see the, the especially with the, the southern border and the way they're opening it like this. They're taking all the good um uh, products that we as you know Americans want to have for our hurting people, our hurting citizens, taking them and giving to these strangers who don't even they can't even speak our language. They don't even know where they're going to go, where they're going to live, what are they going to do? They're going to suck off the rest of us. And I don't mean to sound unchristian about it or anything like that, but it is a an invasion. It is very frightening. It's very dangerous, and something needs to be done about it. And I would start with trying. Um, or convicting, uh, what's his name? Oh, the president. What's his name? Oh, what's his name? Joe yeah. Biden. I know, I'm being funny. <laughs> I'm showing my age. What's the president's name? It's something like that. But, um, you know, impeaching him, he's a traitor as far as I'm concerned. And he's not doing a thing to protect the American people, violating his oath of office. You know, I I, I was listening to what you were saying, and I, I remember how many times whenever I had an opportunity to to interview a black religious leader or a black politician, I would always ask the question, what I don't understand, how you continue to vote for the Democratic Party when they never deliver on their promises. Right. Never. You, you, how, why is it that you continue to vote? Why is it you ignore what the party of Lincoln has done to try and help the black people of this country? And they don't have an answer. It's like because, yeah. Well, remember Trump said, "Trump said, what do you have to lose?" They have absolutely. Why don't you give it a try? We'll see how it goes. And I'm telling you, to the person, they're going, "Holy cow, we need Trump back because this man is destroying our lives. Things are costing a lot more than they did under Trump, and you know we had a lot more freedoms than we did under Trump. Taxes were a lot lower. So um, I, I, I do think that it's time now to re rejiggerify the the Republican Party and say. It's always been the abolitionist party. It's all the, always been the civil rights party. It was the party that was um, for women's rights when the Democrats were not for women's rights. I mean, every cultural issue that we had that was based on either morality or immorality, the Republicans have always been on the side of freedom, the side of liberty, the side of equal rights, equal justice. The Democrats are the oppressors. They're the ones that holders. They're the ones that you know, wanted to keep that alive even through a terrorist arm. They totally undid the um, reconstruction which was supposed to have set the country right. But no, it was all about segregation for them. Blacks here and whites there. They are the racist. They have always been the racist. And I, I just really wish that Republicans would, would get some courage and speak back and speak out and push back against Why do you them. think Republicans are reluctant to do that? They don't know the truth. They don't know the history. They, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, doesn't even know its truth or its history. We did ERR, Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution, 20 years ago, we tried to get it to the RNC. It's their history. I mean, we did a free documentary for the for the RNC to tell them about their rich history of equal rights, civil rights, uh, abolition, the whole thing. They were like, la, 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 la. Don't want to hear it. Carl Rove even told us, he said, eh, we'll never get the black vote. We're after the Spanish vote now. I'm going, how's that working for you, Carl? You know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. So, like I say, I'm hoping that they'll replace someone, you know, Ronald McDaniel, with someone who gets it, who knows it, who understands who we are, and will shout it from the rooftops and say, 
You have to come back to the party of Lincoln, to the party of emancipation, the party of equal rights, of civil rights, of voting rights, because the Democrats unanimously opposed the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. The Republicans unanimously supported it. A lot of people don't know that the first 23 blacks to be in Congress after the after the Civil War, these are all liberated slaves, first 23, all Republicans, not one Democrat. It was 100 years before the Democrats would have a black member of Congress. And that was Barbara Jordan from Texas. I mean, almost exactly, it was like 1970 or 1965, almost exactly 100 years from the time that the war ended. They didn't have one single black. You know, does anyone hold them accountable to that? No, they don't even have that on their website. If you look at their website, there's a chunk of history missing for 100 years because they can't put anything down. They're embarrassed by it. But they'll always say, this is the thing they always say, oh, that slavery thing. Well, that was then. This is now. We're, everything's changed. Everything's different. Okay, first, if that's true, just drop reparations because it was then and not now. That was then and not now. Then we don't have to deal with reparations at any time. The second point I was going to make, <laughs> that's, my husband always says it's very dangerous when you say I've got two points I'm going to make, and then you can only remember one of them. Thank you, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll give you a chance to think about it because we're going to take a break here and we'll be right back with uh, with Nina May and her outspoken position on what the Republicans need to do. We'll be right back. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and J. Carroll Publishing. Dot com or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. Welcome back to The Truth Starts Now. And we're talking about Nina May. And uh, she's been uh, very animated and very positive about what Republicans need to do. And um, I said I wanted to talk about, continue to talk about reparations. Um, when Lyndon Johnson, again, created his great society, War on Poverty. Uh, he started in under the basis of what he was doing wasn't necessarily to help the black people, but he said to, to, to uh, John Tower of Texas, the senator at that time, what we're doing here is making the black people beholden to the Democratic Party forever. And we've been talking probably the better part of two or three years now about some kind of reparations for the, the the black people who were part of slavery. And I've written several commentaries by saying, wait a minute, under the war on poverty, the federal government has spent $22 trillion, $22 trillion on the war on poverty to try and improve the plight of black people to give them a fairer chance. And it didn't work, $22 trillion. That's a lot of reparations, $22 trillion. And so I look at it and say, again, as we started this program, the people that should be paying the 
the reparations of the people who caused the problem and that the democratic party but it's it, what's fascinating to me is why is it that black people don't blame the democrats why do you oh. think well, because they've been lied to, and the the Democrats control the the educational system, the educational unions. They control the media. They control the colleges and universities, and uh, you name it, they control it. So, of course, they've got to spin it to you know benefit them. And if the other side doesn't know their truth, then the other side gets away with spinning it. And that's that's the way. This is one of the interesting things, and it's all in our our movie and the the uh, sequel, Reparations Who Should Pay. But in Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution, it talks about all that stuff that we're we're talking about here. And one of the things that people don't understand is that if a white woman, a teacher during the time of the of slavery, the Civil War, whatever, was caught teaching a black, they would be whipped. They'd be strung up whipped. They would sometimes even be lynched. These are regular teachers, but they just wanted to help these little kids learn. Frederick Douglass's um, teacher was a woman named, um, and I can't, her last name was Ural, Horal, something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, her husband came in while she was teaching him how to read, and he hit the roof. And he basically said, "You don't, you never teach him how to read. You don't teach him this because if if they they blacks learn how to read." They'll have to, they'll learn how to be free and they'll learn how to, you know, do for themselves and they won't be our slaves any longer. We have to keep them dumb. We have to keep them stupid. We have to keep them, you know, in the dark. Well, the first 23 congressmen that went on from slavery, straight out of slavery into Congress, every one of them could read and write. They were very, very articulate, incredibly articulate. You read some of the writings, it'll blow you away. So what we conclude, obviously, is that there were a lot of, women like the, the wife of this man who in secret were teaching their slaves how to read and write. And the and the Bible was the one that the, the book that they were using. So not only did they learn how to read and write, they were learning about Jesus. They they were saved. They understood all about God and you know let my people go and the Pharaoh and the whole thing. And um but so there have been some very, very brave people along the way that have helped uh you know, blacks succeed so that they can be integrated integrated into society out of slavery. So, if we talk about reparations, would that would those white teachers that taught these young blacks how to read and write and defend for themselves should they their ancestors be responsible for or, or their progeny be responsible for paying now people that just have dark skin that maybe they just came in here last year? That doesn't make any sense. And the only way that this discussion, this issue is going to be turned around is by people being educated about what the whole issue, the whole issue is. Because right now, everybody's just talking money, talking money. And um, to be honest, it's a redistribution of wealth plan, exactly the way that Johnson's, um, what the Green New, not what, was it, what is it, the New Deal or whatever, what did, they, what did you call it? The war on poverty. War on poverty, yeah, his war on poverty. That was a redistri redistribution of wealth plan too. So um, that's what liberals are good at because they are socialists slash Marxists, proudly now saying it. They never used to say it. They go, oh, no, 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 we're not Marxists. They're going, yeah, we think Marx was pretty cool. I mean, they're even talking about you know, teaching Lenin and bringing Marx back into the, to the classroom, not like it's not been there. But um, there's no more hiding their their darkness under a bushel anymore. They're they're proudly displaying their communist flag. Right. I um, I was thinking about uh, when we were talking about reparations. I was thinking about what was going on 
And we had a situation, have a situation, I should say, have a situation where it's going to be difficult because to identify who should get reparations and not just the color of their skin, because according to the Census Bureau, one in four blacks in this country were not born in this country. Yeah. It came in through either legal or illegal immigration, one in four. But in looking at the the idea of reparations, if you go back and go back to the civil rights movement, what we had is the Democrats took fathers out of the house mm-hmm. and replaced the father with money from the government. Right. They destroyed the black family. Exactly. And I know I've talked to black people that are in the industry and and they basically are saying the best thing the government could do for black people is leave us the hell alone. Exactly. Before civil rights of 64, the black community was growing and prospering and were building strong families. When they took away the fathers and they made the women dependent upon the government funds, they changed the whole criteria and the whole structure of the black community, making them dependent upon the government to survive. In our documentary, you'll hear uh, Star Parker and Robert Woodson and Shelby Steele and Armstrong Williams, Mason Weaver. You'll hear all of these people saying exactly what you're saying. And and they were some, all of them, they're all conservatives. They were able to escape that liberal plantation. And when they did, the lights went on and they're going, oh, my gosh, it, this is nothing like what we've been lied to about. So, it, again, it gets back to education. It gets back to to learning. And I really do hope that. People, again, just go online to errvideo.com. You can watch the whole thing. It's only 90 minutes, but I would start with the sequel. The sequel is Reparations, Who Should Pay? It's only 20 minutes, but it lays out the entire argument. Who who should get money? Who shouldn't? How do you prove it? How do you not prove it? I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a black woman who was a slave. She came over on the ship. This is, you know, in the early 1800s, whatever. Came over on the sh- ship. A slave um, master, what are they called? Slave trader, bar, whatever those guys buying and selling slaves. Uh, anyway, he was in Cuba getting his boat fixed. He was actually from America, but he was in Cuba when a slave trip uh, group came in and they had the slaves up there and he wasn't in the market or anything. He's waiting to get his boat fixed. And he looks over and he sees this one girl and the way she was holding herself, carrying herself, is like, hmm, I like the cut of her jib. So he buys her. And he's still stuck there now for about six months getting his ship fixed. Well, he falls in love with her. This is a white man, falls in love with this black slave he just bought, just bought. So he marries her. He didn't have to marry her, but he marries her. And he gives her half his plantation, half his his property, half his slaves. And this is a black woman. So you're thinking she'd go, oh, no, 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 no. I can't take slaves. You're kidding. I was just on a slave ship. I know what it's like. No, I can't do that. No, she goes, great. I, I understand slavery because I'm the princess of this tribe over here. And that's all we did was buy and sell each other. So I totally get it. So yeah, I'll treat them well. Don't you worry about that. So should she and her progeny get any reparations, even though she's black? I mean, think about it. A black slave owner in America, how are you going to do that one? So there's so many nuances about this entire thing that have to be either gone over with a fine-tooth comb or just throw the whole idea out because it's a dumb idea, a very dumb idea, because people that do not deserve it are going to get money from people who should not be required to put money into that pot. I still continue to manage money. I've been managing money for almost 50 years, and I wrote a 
I wrote a commentary about the magnitude of the money that they're talking about in California. We're talking about giving. They're not talking about it at all right now because the state of California is almost $100 billion in debt and, and can't figure out how they're going to change it. But yeah. but my point was, I was involved when I was working at a major New York Stock Exchange firm in developing a program for tort liability settlements. These were personal injury settlements. And I know that if a poor person received a significant amount of money, seven figures or more, in four years, it was all gone because they had no background there, no experience of how to manage million dollars or more. And they had a lot of people who came around asking for money and they couldn't figure out where it all went when it was all gone. Mm -hmm. And so we put together a, a, a program called Structured Settlement, where we would take the capital and then pay the person a regular monthly income and then periodically would give him or her a, a lump sum of money to do whatever they would. And then we could structure that for the rest of their life. So they didn't have to worry about managing the money. And, and they had an out the people couldn't get hold of the money. Even they couldn't get hold of the principal. Mm -hmm. And it was very successful. And I started, when we started talking reparations, I said, we need to create structured settlement because the education level, the sophistication of a lot of people who would be getting these six-figure, seven-figure structures or settlements, if it were to happen, uh, don't know how to handle it, and would they would it would all be gone in a matter of time? And then where would they be? Where would they be? Back to where they were. They had a good short run, but they had nothing to protect themselves for the future. People are not talking about the idea that just because you get a million dollars that you have any sense. Same thing's true with lottery winners. Lottery winners who win big jackpots, if they don't structure them, they're gone in five, six, seven years. Yeah, and, and also you have sharks that will come out of the woodwork and say, oh, I'll handle oh. your I'll manage it. I'm brilliant. I'm wonderful. Look at all the, I mean, they lie to them. They get them to sign on the dotted line and then they'll never see a dime again. Right. Every, they, so tell us, tell us again how we can follow you and how we can get access to what you're doing. If you go to the, the easiest way to get to us is errvideo.com. That's where you'll find Emancipation, Revelation, Revolution. You'll find the sequel, Reparations, Who Shall Pay, Who Should Pay. You'll find other um, shorts that we've done on this issue, like with BLM and critical race theory. There's even one um, talking about Joe Biden giving a, uh, a eulogy at, at a KKK leader's funeral. So this is not old history. This is They're still racist. They're still hanging out with the KKK guys. And... Um, and then that will take you work backwards and you get to Renaissance Women Productions. But that's a lot of times people misspell Renaissance and they put women's instead of women and da, 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 da. So you'll see ERR and other tabs up there. And one is Renaissance Women Productions. You can learn more about our, our movies, our documentaries, our TV series. One is called Daily Bread. It's post-apocalyptic. Solar flare knocks out electricity around the world. These eight millennial girls are trapped on this farm and they got to figure out how to survive because there's no electricity. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good, wholesome, family-friendly, post-apocalyptic movie. I love the genre, but I hate the fact that there's no hope in it. So I would right. encourage you to dailybreadseries.com. Do you have, uh, we've got a few seconds, do you have something else on the on the planning board? Uh, movies. We've got a couple of movies that are in the works right now that we're working on. Would they be uh, a television release or, or a theater release? 
probably theatrical. That's usually what we do. We good, super. We've been having a wonderful conversation and education from Nina May. And thank you so much for joining us today. That's my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll be right back after these messages. Thanks for listening to the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to send a comment, please do so by sending it to dan at danperkinsmedia.org. That's dan at danperkinsmedia.org. And thanks for listening.